Phil, that was uh, Lot Kelly back on the show. Again, his book, The Way of Effortless Mindfulness, A Revolutionary, Revolutionary Guide for a Living and Awakened Life. Uh, it, it, to me, it was fascinating. Uh, yeah. I liked him making this distinction between uh, uh, intentional or deliberate uh, mindfulness and effortless mindfulness. And coming out of a TM teaching background like I did, I was always throwing around the word effortless. But quite frankly, I never really thought everything was totally effortless. It was not right. so effortful. But, uh, and uh, I think he, he means it in a similar way, but uh, yeah. it was interesting. Yeah, we used to, in the TM days, I mean, a lot of us said, but wait a minute, even the little effort with, you know, using the mantra, how can you say that's effortless? And I remember Maurice used to laugh and say it's an effortless effort. Right. And so, but but it's a dis, it, it's distinctive from the kind of mind control and focus that right. other forms employ. And that's the same thing Locke is, is yeah. sort of alluding to. Yeah. Language is very difficult. Well, well I, I think in our case, when we used to teach TM, it was important because at that time, in the 70s, 80s anyway, when I was teaching, uh, people would, when they th heard meditation, they would absolutely think of concentration, focusing yeah. on a navel, focusing yeah. on a candle. So you, you had to break that kind of conception that, hey, look, it's not that. It's not that big effort. Because everybody would say, oh, I can't, I can't focus I my can't mind, I can't meditate. Right. No, this is effortless. So I, I think, I think something similar is going on with Locke and uh, everybody using the term mindfulness. Right. Because there are forms of mindfulness practice that require a lot of mind control right. and, and effort and focus on you know, the, the experience at the moment. I think Locke is making a distinction. Uh, well, he actually says it's in his book. He calls those other forms deliberative. Right. mindfulness yeah so right. it's good right and he really breaks it down uh he, he talks about uh, deliberate mindfulness having uh you know three steps one pointed observing and uh, generating love and enthusiasm whatever so he you know he's looked at that very carefully and he says there's value to it but again right. i think his effort his yeah, like there's value there's value in concentrated forms of meditation but they are different now you would know the answer to this better than me, and Locke probably would also, so I'll ask it. Uh, and that is, within the uh, universe of mindfulness and what we call mindfulness practices now, are, are there two or three major schools of thought, two major schools yeah. of thought, 50 major schools of thought, or <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it, is has it become, like if you go to one mindfulness teacher as opposed to another as opposed to another, are you going to get totally different things? You might. My experience, and Locke knows more about this, I'm sure, and we should have asked him, but uh, as I look around, it's just like, first of all, people say mindfulness when they mean meditation, and, and there's, different, there's different ways to practice what's called mindfulness, and some of them are more like meditation forms, and some of them are activities of paying attention while you're you know doing things so there's a, a big range and unfortunately in the popular press mindfulness is becoming like a, a, a catch-all generic term for any practice you do with you with that involves your mind and uh, i think that's a great disservice but 
you know, there's a tremendous variety, just as there's a variety of meditation practices, there's a variety of mindfulness practices, and probably if you did a Venn diagram, there'd be a certain amount of overlap. Right. I, I think what's most mind-blowing, Phil, is uh, when we... <laughs> Mind-brainness. Yeah, when we, when we start, when we got involved with, with meditation back, me and seven to you in like 60-something, uh, and, and not 18, 1960-something, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, it was so out there, any kind of talk of meditation. Now everybody's talking about it. It's really become, uh, a big part of, of, of American culture. Yeah. Uh, nobody thinks it weird. Very few people think it weird anymore. Everybody has a grandparent somewhere or an aunt or an uncle that meditates, does some yeah. type of meditation. So that's, and the doctor told, tells them, yeah, the doctor that. tells them. My, my doctor, when I told him I was doing uh, TM, when I was doing meditation, you know, told me to see a psychiatrist. Uh, <laughs> I was even, I, look, I was, in a, I was in a graduate program in clinical psych, and they thought I was really out there. Yeah. They, thought, they didn't even want to talk about it. You know? I know. And so that's, hey, uh, just the other day, I'm in New York now. Just the other day, I was walking through Central Park, and it was a beautiful day, and there were people sitting around on the grass and doing stuff and throwing frisbees. It doesn't and get any better than that. And yeah. somebody was sitting, eyes closed, cross-legged, meditating, sitting up against a tree. No one even noticed. Right. Everybody, you know, but back, you know, in the 60s when I was doing that or, you know, early 70s, it attracted a lot of attention. People didn't know what the hell was going on. They and they, you know, they, it was a curiosity. Now it's nothing. Right. If you applied for a job, you would never tell them you were a practitioner of meditation. Oh you no. Know, if you did, if you smoked cigarettes, it was fine. But if you practiced meditation, <laughs> I mean, really, it was like if you were, you know, all of those things. Uh, hey, remember, and our mutual friend Andy Kaufman used right. to write into his his contracts that he had to have a time to meditate every day. I, well, I remember, you know, well, but you had to be a movie, you had to be a star to get that done. He would he would go on stage and he'd sit for five minutes with his eyes closed, in silence, meditating, and they, they thought it was a joke, but he was really doing it. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is, it brought out especially. I mean, it would still happen, but it was really the case then that people absolutely could not be, could not stand being, uh, being yeah. in, in, in silence. Silence made people very, very uncomfortable. So uh, there's, yeah. there's a famous quote by the philosopher uh, Pascal. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, you know, now uh, uh, I, I think it's, Aside from like television and people listening to music, you you go anywhere now, at, whether you're standing in line at a movie theater or sitting in somebody's house or watching somebody have dinner by themselves, even they can't keep their eyes off their iPhone or their yeah. you know, their, 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 their their smartphone. They're looking True. and the because people you know I used to stand online at a movie theater and I would self reflect. I would look at things, but sometimes just you know stare into yeah. space. People feel very uncomfortable with that now. And if you, that I, I had a, a friend who sent his kid to a camp. The kid was 11 years old or whatever. And he said they immediately, the kids have to turn in their smartphones. They're out yeah. in the country somewhere. And they say the first two or three days, the kids are bouncing off the wall. They yeah. don't know what to do without their phones. And then suddenly it's okay. 
And then they don't miss it, you know. And then, you know, I'm sure they go back to it when they leave camp. But I think it's, there really at some point will be and should be uh, a a reaction against all of that. But I don't know, you know, it's a, it's it's had a huge impact. And I I fall into it sometimes myself. Me too. Uh, You know, I I just said I've I've been in New York. One of the things I love about visiting New York uh, when I can is walking the streets and looking at people. And now I'm, I'm dodging people who are looking down at their phones. Right. And, and, and I've, I think, well, they're not having the experience of enjoying, you know, the, the diversity of, uh, of, of human forms that you see walking the streets of New York and on the subway, everybody's looking, well, even on the, the subway back when I was growing up in New York, everybody was reading the newspaper or a magazine. So that, that's not that yeah, much. Yeah, it's true. Good. It was all Gothenburg's fault for inventing that printing press. Movable type. Everything's, everything's, uh, was ruined by movable type. There you go. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, well, <laughs> All right, man. That, well, anyway, we should remind people we were chattering here in the discussion, but it was all about uh, our interview with Locke Kelly, and I think there's tremendous value in the work he's doing, and uh, they should check out his book, his website, his uh, workshop. And, so and, and, and again, for our listeners out there, you know, our uh, podcast, spiritmatterstalk.com, uh, go there. It's a smorgasbord of uh, <laughs> great spirituality, and look, a lot of uh, 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 Screening goes on. We have our committee. But, you know, Phil, I, I have to say, has really done a masterful job of, of connecting with people uh, uh, that uh, have something to say of great interest in the world of contemporary spirituality. And we, we really, we've had all, you know, so many of the all-stars of that world. Yeah, show. we do have them, and uh, I'm uh, I'm lucky. We, we we're the beneficiaries of all the people I've gotten to connect with and doing research for my books. So um, now we just need to monetize, Dennis. Yes, your suggestions are welcome. Send in your where, advice, folks. Where are you? All Keep the venture capitalists listening to us. Yeah, we should have we should have a telethon. We could have a potathon <laughs> or something. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Till next time, Phil. Bye. Out.